The people in walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Why? For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Why? Because the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Merry Christmas. It's obvious to me that you need to work on that. <laughs> Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas night. Christmas Eve is really Christmas night, the vigil of Christmas Eve, where we enter into that place of ending Advent, and we finally, finally, after all these weeks, have landed to this place, this holy place of Christmas. So we welcome you tonight to our mere Christmas Eve, and we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later. Just a couple of announcements. You have we pray that you have an encounter with the simplicity of Christmas, what it really means, what it's actually about. But let's pray together, and then we will sing together. Now, God, thank you so much for this very Christmas night. We simply ask, O oh God, that you, by your Spirit, with your love, would meet each and every one of us. Now, Lord God, may we sing to our King. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on your seats, you should have a packet of lyrics. We're going to start by singing together, O Come All Ye Faithful. Will you stand and sing with us this evening? Amen. Hey. 
from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judeo, Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's stand and sing together the first Noel.
of a king. But Jesus came quietly to a stable. They expected him to appear to the wealthy and prominent, but he visited the poor and obscure. They looked for fanfare, but that could only be seen in the spirit realm by the humble. He came as what the world needed, but many rejected him because he wasn't what they wanted. He became a sanctuary to those who worshipped him and a snare to those who would not. He was a mirror to reflect the inner workings of the heart, both good and evil. He became hope to those who were hopeless in their pain, sickness, sorrow, and grief. He visited people who had no way out and enabled them to transcend their circumstances. He stood beside the defenseless to be their champion. He came to people who needed his power to intervene in their lives and change them forever. Real people like me and you. God loved us enough to come to earth as a human, to be with us, to prove that he always keeps his promises, to give us eternal life, to have an intimate relationship with us forever, to show us that no matter how dark our world becomes, his light can never be put out. That's why it's not enough to celebrate his birth only with Christmas lights and decorated trees. We must also celebrate it with his love, for his love lives on forever in those who love him enough to share it with others. In that way, the story never ends. This reading is from the Gospel of Luke also. It starts in the eighth verse. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. I think I would have been terrified too. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, 
the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's sing glory to God in the highest. Angels we have heard on high. Let's stand together and sing. star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, then the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers to make music in the heart.
Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's stand again together and sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. thank you that into the deep engulfing darkness of this world, you have come as a light that can never grow dim. All the world has to offer doesn't hold a candle to the light of your presence. You are a radiant fire that illuminates the shadows of our souls and warms the coldness of our hearts. Just like the wise men who followed your light to find you, we too have followed your light and found you. Now, because we believe in you, your light dwells within us forever. We have found the way of truth and our darkness will never be the same. Thank you, Lord, that you can be found by those who seek you. Thank you that those who follow you will never walk in darkness. In Jesus' name we pray tonight. Amen. These words from <clears throat> Ruth Maholtra.
During this season, we tend to love stories that have bows on them, where every element ties neatly together and even the Grinch's heart grows three times its size. But healing and growth take time. And sometimes the miracle isn't in a perfect ending but in a trajectory that has reversed course and is starting to see hope on the horizon. Sometimes the miracle of Christmas doesn't begin in the light. Sometimes the healing of Christmas begins in the dark and a pinprick of light, a light has shined on the darkness changes everything. As maybe my favorite song from Trans-Siberian Orchestra says, this night we pray our lives will show this dream he had every child still knows. On this night on this night, on this very Christmas night. On this very Christmas night, you heard, I heard, read so beautifully the story of stories this Christmas night. As another one of their songs goes, got to get back to a reason. Got to get back to a reason I once knew. And this late in the seasons, one by one distractions fade from view. The only reason I have left is you. So back to the reason we go for a few moments tonight. So let me ask you, will you allow the distractions to fade from view? What is distracting you tonight? What distracted you this week? What took you away from the light of Christ? What is it that even this moment you're thinking of something you're going to face even tomorrow? What is distracting your view? Can you join me together? Can we let those distractions fade from view on this very Christmas night? How many times have we heard this story? Because we've heard it so often, let me caution us tonight. Let me caution us to be careful. Let me caution you. Let me invite you to keep your guard up against one thing. And that's making the story something it is not. Maybe it's because of its familiarity. Maybe it's because we've become immune to the wonder of it all. Have we allowed ourselves to be inoculated against the beautiful mystery of words like she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn? I mean, the birth of the child is such an everyday pedestrian occurrence, isn't it? Many children have been born in the seconds we've been together. Every second, there's 4.5 children born in the world. I'm not sure how they work that out. I had 3.0 children. But that translates to 385 children a day. 
just a pedestrian occurrence in a crowded world. But when that baby is your baby, or your grandbaby, I could tell you where I was, what they looked like, how the room felt, and all three of mine were born. Not so pedestrian. But could it be that because of what we have tried to make this birth of Christ be, that we have made it so pedestrian? Maybe it's because we bore easily. We bore, we're afraid of boredom. In some ways, thanks to the pace and volume of entertainment and internet access and social media flurry, we find our attention spans decreasing with every megabyte of fast and furious information and interactions. And we find ourselves fighting against the evolution of an attention span moving to that of a gnat in our world. But in that, what are we missing? Don McCullough said this, Worshippers, in churches, gather as though attending a football game or movie. They're arriving breathless from the parking lot, laughing with ushers and waving at friends as though it was entirely normal and natural for humans to meet the living God. No big deal encountering the Lord of the universe. The whole affair has all the mystery of a city zoning commission meeting. <laughs> so my friends, let us be careful. On this night, on this very Christmas night, us humans in this space, in this place, at this time, us humans meet with the living God who came to be with us. Maybe sometimes we require the spectacular and the extravagant, the grand performance and the emotionally stimulating, or maybe the edgy and cool Christmas that stirs us up. Maybe we want to make Christmas palatable for us so we don't have to face the truth that God, God himself, took on the sin of the world so we don't have to look at the sins of the world of our hearts. I wonder, could it be that God came that we ourselves might walk into the harshness of the world and life and even there find a penetrating and sustaining joy that makes happiness, which we all try to find, a cheap imitation, a cheap substitute for joy. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thomas Merton once said this, if you find God with ease and comfort, perhaps what you have found is not God. What a statement, huh? Because the God that we know, the God we're talking about, the night that we are celebrating, it wasn't ease and comfort. On this holiest of nights, God showed up on a world stage marked by terrors and fears and narcissistic power brokers doing whatever they could to maintain their power. It was a night that was pocked with poverty, with oppression, and even an impending infanticide. There was nothing hallmark about that night. Oh, little town of Bethlehem was starving for, and longing for something to be different, for something to be better, for something to change. This is the 21st century as much as it was the 1st century. 
But then and now, as Jennifer McNutt says, at the heart of that first Christmas story is God incarnate breaking into the terror-filled catastrophe of the human condition. And he still does. And here is the historic fact. Historic, underlined twice. Fact. Divine love could not sit on the sidelines. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, the Gospel tells us. And we're reminded that nothing, 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 nothing can diminish the life-giving, darkness-exploding, shame-ending, and sin-breaking light and love of Jesus. That this Jesus Christ is for us. Amen. He's for us. The Gospel writer John reminds us what came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light of all people, for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. But sometimes we add so much, or sometimes we think we know so much, or sometimes it all becomes familiar too much, or sometimes we are so comfortable so much that we whisk by this night without even a faint, hushed, sacred whisper over our souls. Shh. Shh. God is with us. God is with us. So when we come to the words of a mere Christmas, stripped down Christmas, it is tempting for our souls to yawn when we hear these words. Knowing we have heard them a thousand times, what does a mere Christmas sound like? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. On this night, on this very Christmas night, love pours forth and renders us awestruck if we allow it to. The gospel goes on. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. But for the lovers of light, these words are the words that ignite in us a deep sense of joy and hope for us and the world around us to flourish as God desires us to. Did you know that's God's desire for all of mankind? That at the heart of that word we call peace, the heart of the heart of that word, shalom, is a God who's poised to want the world to flourish in his love, his goodness, and his grace, and his presence. That's God's heart. These are the words that remind us that God's heart is as big as our world. The world on its most global scale, as far as we can imagine, 
in the world of each and every one of our hopes and fears and all of all the years that are locked in the depth of our hearts that we're even afraid to tell ourselves. That world, his love reaches. This is the night that we break open the songbook of mysterious grace and glory and let the wonder of it all bathe our souls in God's love. This night, silent night, holy night, Son of God, Love's pure light. My friends, this is the night to let the love of God leave us speechless. When was the last time you were left speechless? I think it'd be really good in our world if a lot of people would be left speechless. I'm not thinking of anybody, so don't you do that either. Maybe I need to start with myself. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. When was the last time you were left speechless, when I was left speechless? This is the night for a mere Christmas Eve where we strip it all down with a few prayers and a few scriptures, the scripture, and some stories to reflect. And we say, shh. We have nothing but him. Many years ago, a British Bible translator by the name of J.B. Phillips wrote these words. We must never allow anything to blind us to the true significance of what happened at Bethlehem so long ago. Nothing can alter the fact that we live on a visited planet. We shall be celebrating no beautiful myth, no lovely piece of traditional folklore, but a solemn fact. God has been here once historically. But as millions testify, he will come again into any human heart ready to receive him. For God so loved the world. And that, my friends, is a mere Christmas pure and simple and beautiful and mysterious, filled with wonder and the truth of his love. And in it all, in addition to all of that, it's available to us all. This Christmas Eve, let us let God's love for the world wash over us that we might be saved right now. And in our own saving, in our own healing, our healing becomes the healing of the world. Our worship team is going to come and get ready to lead us in silent night. As they do, I'd like you to drink in with me this final prayer in the final words of the book, Come, Peasant King, by Olivia Metcalf. And as I read them, I invite you to pray them. 
I give my life to you, Lord. I must decrease so Christ can increase. What should we do? I am the Lord's servant. Maybe for me, just as you said, here I am, kneeling at the manger, longing for Christ's return. Here I am, God, like a child waving her wings in a nativity scene, trying to be for the world a light in the darkness. Here I am, God. It doesn't feel like I have much, but will you bless it and use it? Here I am, God. I give my life to you. Birth hope in and through me. Make peace in and through me. Bring joy in and through me. Pour out your love in and through me. Come, peasant. Come, king. Come, all of us who are in between. To honor the one who does not condemn, but who is love. Let us receive the greatest gift of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, on this night, on this very Christmas night, thanks be to God. I invite you to take your small candle that you have And as we light the Christ candle, we're reminded of a truth that has changed generations. And as our usher shut down the lights, hear these words. Jesus is the light of the world. Would you say that with me? Jesus is the light of the world. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not, cannot, never will extinguish it. No matter how dark it feels, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how dark your soul might sense it to be, nothing, no one can extinguish the light of the world. Thanks be to God.
On this very Christmas night, I invite you just to lift your light up. And just look around the room and look at the light. Look up in the balcony. Our sound man, Ed, has his light held high. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. May you go from this place tonight, afresh and anew, bathed by the light of Jesus. And may his light awaken within you hope, peace, joy, and love on this very Christmas night. Thanks be to God. And we would invite you to just sit. In a moment, our ushers are going to dismiss you um, from the back of the sanctuary. Our staff are going to exit so we can get our coats on <laughs> and go outside and be able to greet you. But we want you to know that we love you and we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we pray that Jesus will meet each and every one of us on this very Christmas night as never before. God bless you. Merry Christmas. <laughs>